Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Gang's all here. We're all just vibing. We're all just here. It's a Monday, or whenever you choose to listen to this, chase your bliss. <laughs> I'm so set in the fact that this is a Monday show, and so the idea that someone listens to this not on a Monday feels off. <laughs> it's actually blasphemous to listen to this on any other day besides Monday. <laughs> like, you are allowed to listen to this later in time, mm. but it does have to be on a Monday. Right, that is the the actual contractual agreement that you signed uh, by a blood pact when you subscribed to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that was actually part of the agreement. Yeah. It's just a, it's a Monday vibe. What can I say? It's a cool Monday vibe. It's just kind of how we are. It's how we roll. It's a manic Monday, you know what I'm saying? (sighs) I've definitely made that joke before, but I will keep doing it because it is true. It's how it started five years ago. And it was a good joke then, but it continues to be unbearably relevant. Yes. (laughs) We continue to, like, grow into the Manic Monday as things have gone on, which is awful. It's like that that phrase, it's like, God won't let me die. It's Monday won't (laughs) let us not be manic. (laughs) Nope, I agree. And honestly, like, what's fucked up is the idea that if we had ever moved to a different day... It would feel incredibly off. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Space and, and time ha- just fully com- explode. <laughs> yes, there's no way. We are a Monday show, through and through. We're here. Anyways, welcome to Into the Twilight. Woo, we're here. We are, we worship the moon here in this yes. space. Yes, gotta get that right out the bat. <laughs> we are, <laughs> this is a show about cryptids, about toxic relationships, and about yes. worshiping the moon. Yes, Amen. Which is obviously <laughs> why we come out on Monday. So, hello. Hi, everyone. As you come in, grab your stickers and your patches, add them to all of your accoutrements, and get settled. My brain just translated that as charcuterie. Oh, that's a sensitive topic for me right now. I I wish you wouldn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's still still a dark, intense time for the lovers of charcuterie. For so many reasons. Specifically Italians. (laughs) Not just because Gabagool is uh, unattainable to me because right. of its consistent attraction to <laughs> Salmonella, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but also because the fact that since I spoke to you last, I have in fact finished The Sopranos. Ooh, Gabagool indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if this was in fact a Sopranos podcast, though we do talk a lot about toxic men, so unfortunately Tony Soprano does fit into that. Yeah, he is under the umbrella. <laughs> he does fit under toxic relationships and cryptids, and there are yeah. both of those in there. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of blood. So I guess The Sopranos <laughs> does fit in some universe. Yeah, I think The Sopranos is a vampire <laughs> media text, really actually. Think about it. <laughs> if you boil it down. If you think about it, like the mafia might actually be like modern day vampires. New merch idea. Tony Soprano is a vampire. (laughs) Oh my god. Please. Give it to me. I need it so badly of just Tony Soprano with just like the little teeth. So bad. Yeah. Plastic fangs. Like... (sighs) 
I love it. Anyways. No, I want to stay on this for just one moment. <laughs> Please. Just imagine how hard it would be to say gabagool with plastic fangs. <laughs> Please and thank you. Without them, like, falling out. It'd be the worst. So many vowels. There's no way. You would have so much spit. It'd be like when, like, old, I'm thinking, like, 2007 Invisalign. Yes. Where the, oh, yeah. there was just so much spit in your mouth all the time. It was a dark time. time. Yeah, it would be rough. Anyway, uh, HBO, that's my pitch. Uh, we are available. <laughs> Got a hit right there. That's how you really honor Italian pride. Right. Coming from a true Italian. Now I'm just imagining he comes home after a rough day, slams his vampire fangs down on the <laughs> counter, and is just like, Carm, <laughs> the day I've had. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. <laughs> you can, I can't tell you. Just has to hang up his fucking cloak at the door. <laughs> He aggressively goes to bed in a coffin. (laughs) Truly. Very sad. (laughs) I need Tony Soprano vampire merch immediately. (laughs) Oh, fuck me. Okay, anyways, hello. Hi. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I am doing pretty good. All right, damn. Speaking of of boys that we love, (laughs) I've brought a And there's not many, but there are some. The list is scant, for sure, but I brought a boy. (laughs) to the happy space this week um and that's a silent man. producer are they here yes. in this dude <laughs> right he's here <laughs> i would shit my pants if this guy was on the podcast <laughs> and that guy is the my boy jonah hill oh uh, okay right off the bat <laughs> jonah hill hi what's up it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on this panel. <laughs> i'm so glad you're here <laughs> fucking whenever I know that you are consistently in the news. Yeah, and booked and busy. Booked and busy, constantly doing your rebrands. Um, I know you're in GQ right now. Jonah, if you ever want to talk about Twilight or Tony Soprano. (laughs) uh, Either are okay with us. Or both. Yeah. Literally whenever, you are welcome in the space. Absolutely. But please, tell me more about my boy. Bring up my my, my man, uh, Jonah Hill here, because yes, he is in the news, because he did a whole little cover story with JQ, like a whole little feature. The photos are sublime. It's just him living his best life, hanging out with his dogs. There's a lot of great stuff in there. I'm not going to talk about any of that, because I'm going to talk about how Jonah Hill is squarely and hauntingly in his transmasculine era, and I just need... <laughs> to talk about it celebs they're just like us listen i (laughs) this is something i've never addressed on the podcast before or maybe to another human being (laughs) besides my lovely partner but i do have a a a running notes app in my phone of uh cis actors that do give off uh trans masculine energy (laughs) oh my god that does not surprise me one bit and he is the most recent addition to that list because of these new photos that have come up on him uh he is now just like vibing he's got this like hot pink hair moment wearing yeah. like the worst clothes you've ever seen on a man before <laughs> like bright orange gym shorts this is i'm specifically referencing a photo of him like, like a paparazzi photo the amount of resonance that people on the internet have attributed to this photo is truly magical i also do want to mention too that he is still doing the hard grip of the cold brew with his hands oh my god he famously was photographed years ago of it falling out of his grip like that in motion. It is one of my favorite photos that has ever existed on the internet. It's so good. But just he, the grip of God on this coffee right now. Homeboy has not learned, or either he has just trained his fingers so well to like never be embarrassed like that again, which right, I also appreciate. There are so many things about this photo that personally resonate. Absolutely. It's a moon and a half. It truly is. One 
is I know that Jonah Hill consistently is in the news because like the media fucking eats up men who are like hey I was fat and I'm funny Mm -hmm. but now I'm like average size and we're gonna just we're gonna eat you up and it's like Jonah Hill doesn't give a fuck for real but what I love about this photo (laughs) aside from the fact that like literally nothing is coordinated or matching (laughs) he looks just like a walking (laughs) just like a walking embodiment of a thrift store like a not even a thrift store but like a like a gift shop in a (laughs) popular vacation spot yes like he somehow (laughs) like got his um like vacation suitcase lost and he needed to buy a whole new outfit what i personally resonate the most with in this is i am someone who consistently has two or most likely three beverages as is the right of the bisexual yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) and so i feel personally very seen by not only the god's grip on the coffee but also this like 45 ounce hydro flask (laughs) that this man is carrying that could honestly like crack a skull in absolutely and it's very powerful i'm obsessed with it jonah hill you're welcome on anytime How are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm I'm living. Yeah, good to hear. I am alive. Since I last spoke with you, I had the pleasure of getting a third Newton vaccine. Hello. Which was nice. Yes. So I'm very grateful about that. In the midst of doing that, while I was waiting at a Walgreens pharmacy for that, something very astonishing happened when it finally became my turn to walk up there. And I was already very nervous because, you know, everything is terrifying. (laughs) Everything's terrifying. And just like asking someone to be like, help, please is difficult to like advocate for your needs. This fucking Walgreens had the audacity to play something that was cruel in all words and I don't know if you all have been into a Walgreens or any sort of pharmacy lately but like usually their playlists are anywhere from like Creed to Maroon 5 something like bland but ignorable anything like any top hit from like the 90s to the early 2000s exactly like softcore jams you know I feel like some fucking DJ in the back was like oh this is going to be emotional for you. Great. I'm going to turn on the hits. This Walgreens started playing the OG from 2003 because I knew you from Wicked. <laughs> that is an act of violence. <laughs> it's truly like, thank God I had two masks on so that my, they couldn't see my lips quivering. And I was like, uh, can I, <laughs> like, like, I actually need to leave. <laughs> I, I need so much help in this moment. So that's the opposite of my happy thing because what the fuck Walgreens? I don't know if we legally have the grounds for that, but that is, I think, technically a hate crime. So (laughs) it was honestly homophobic because as soon as that ended and I went to like get to sit down to wait for my stick and poke, that's a tattoo. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Whatever. Um, I got a tattoo at Walgreens. Fuck it. Um, That's how we rebrand vaccines. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They just went back to playing like fucking Santana or some shit. Like (laughs) it's literally not, it was so disrespectful. The whiplash. Oh my God. It's criminal. Anyways, um, my happy thing is that I live very close to a park, which is very nice. Yesterday, my local park did a little like mini golf situation. (gasps) 
That is so cute. I know. And so they have like a whole bunch of different artists make these little mini golf situations out of a whole bunch of different art materials. Mm -hmm. And folks were able to play like nine rounds of mini golf in the park. I love that. It was very pure. I was very nervous when I walked into the park because I was like, why the fuck are there so many people here? (laughs) I'm trying to like just vibe for a little bit. But it was really cute to see one, all of the different talents of artists in our local area, but also see people smiling. And it's hard to see that. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it's hard not to play mini golf without smiling and then getting like naturally like really pissed off because right. if you're like me, you get really competitive in it. Yeah. Them's the ways of mini golf, you know? Exactly. <laughs> but it was just a very nice moment for a second to be like, oh, joy. That feels weird. Interesting. <laughs> huh. Weird little feeling that that is. We have very case do heavy news. It's a case to week, week, baby. It's a case to lifestyle that we offer right. here. And that's yes. okay. Yes. And we stand by it. The first of which is, I guess, like several pieces of news rolled into one. <laughs> us Magazine is giving us some reporting on Taiko Waititi's birthday. A historic event. <laughs> yes, exactly. Miranda Sywalk is reporting on this initially being like, oh my god, it's Taika Waititi's birthday. Keisu and Rami Malek are here. Holy shit, it's a Twilight reunion. Yeah, whoa. But there's actually a lot more involved. There's a lot to unpack. (laughs) Yes. The cowards in media aren't really ready to address here, but we are. This Us Weekly article, saying it's an article feels generous. (laughs) It is mostly just a compilation of photos from Rita Ora's Instagram. Yes. Of Taika's birthday party. Rami Malek still looks like a wax figure in these yes, photos. Yes, hauntingly so. I know that that is primarily because of the flash that Rita Ora is using. But also the pose is giving me very much Man of Two Sods. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that Rami Malek knows how to pose for photos. Clearly not. <laughs> this is evidence of anything. Because I know that there has to be someone that he employees who's on his staff whose sole job is to be like Rami you are going to be going to a red carpet all right I need to show you how to move your body for give me something please (laughs) and yet he does this photo for Rita's Instagram and he looks like a literal puppet Yes, absolutely. (laughs) If you told me that this was like a fucking, um, like a movie theater cardboard stand of Rami Malek, I would believe you. Absolutely. It's the most, I mean, and I also think that is part of the flash, but this is the most two-dimensional image I've ever seen in my time. A hundred, a hundred percent, yes. That is not a real human being in 3D space. The most important, though, um, could you, could you give us the update on Case Do at this event (laughs) y'all i i love to be breaking this news because it's important and the people (sighs) need to know but kristen stewart is back in her brunette era (sighs) and i just hello (sighs) where were the alarm sirens going off where were where was the push notifications for this breaking news because miss miss case has been in her blonde moment (sighs) for quite a while now yeah and just to be confronted by this photograph of her absolutely serving, might I say, 
This may be the most lesbian photo I've ever seen in my entire it's... life. The stance, she is just casually holding a mixed drink, leaning into these three <laughs> gorgeous people on Real Aura's Instagram. Has a, in her bob, like her hair is now like grown out in a beautiful way, mm. fully brunette, giving the smize. And notably has oh. rings all over. For which days. Is classic for case too. Rings for days. And a key ring on her belt loop. This photo is tied for me with the Hooters photo as the oh, one of the like the gayest photos I've ever seen of her. Like not trying at all. Yeah. And I love that for her. Um, it's also incredibly dangerous for yes, me. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should be afraid because Brunette Case 2 has a specific power about her that is could be weaponized by you know, ulterior forces, if used in the right way. A hundred percent. And that is also incredibly dangerous if we're going to see her on the red carpet promoting Spencer and she's brunette. Just like the international implications here is drastic. I cannot wait to see her in just the most expensive, what I'm hoping are suits, but like go off, you can... Right, do whatever you want. Yeah. Do whatever you want. I know that it's going to be gorgeous regardless. Brunette, Kristen, is so powerful. Almost lethal. <laughs> I would I would argue lethal, <laughs> yes. Um, and so getting this update from an Us Weekly piece from Rita Ora's Instagram, of all things, and not from her hairstylist directly, um, is criminal. But that's okay. But you know what? We're here to do God's work, all right? And give the people what they need. We will give you the news, so that way you can you can all update your forums accordingly. Yes. Would you like to give us the weekly trickle of news that we have with Spencer, since they are just teasing just, us at this point? Yeah, movie? they are playing us like a fiddle out here, which is honestly disrespectful. I personally got an email today being like, ooh, new Spencer shit. And I... I've never clicked on an email faster in my life. It was a very beautiful poster for the movie. Oh my the God. official poster. And whew, truly stunning. Y'all, it really is. The amount of people that I've seen today sharing this poster and saying from it alone, they feel confident about her Oscar nom. Yes. Yeah. And I agree. Like, it is unbelievable looking at this and not thinking that it's a photo of Diana. Yeah, seriously. And it's like her laying down, you can't see her face or anything, but you see like the wig and then this beautiful dress just like flowing into like the edges of the poster. And it's like, oh, like, ooh, I'm there. I feel it. There's a, this is such a weird pull. I don't know why my brain is thinking of this, but like there's a very specific moment in the like original animated Cinderella where Cinderella like falls Mm -hmm. on the stairs and stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea that she is like not just covering her face, but is like hiding into the dress. Yeah. And the fact that like the poster is incredibly intentional about using what is usually like the white space and making it black here Mm -hmm. it is so beautiful like this is one of those (laughs) i saw someone on tiktok today say like this is going to be their joker 
And yeah. they were saying it as a joke, but, like, honestly, like, this is a poster that I would definitely have framed in my home. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. <laughs> Literally, it is art in and of itself. And you can't say that about a lot of other, pe- like, films in general. Yeah, the standards for posters have gone quite rapidly down and for a lot of mainstream stuff, which is very unfortunate. But this is like, ooh, we're back, baby. And we haven't gotten a lot. Like, we've gotten... Crumbs. <laughs> we Yeah, we've gotten, like, three things. And, and this movie is coming out in mere months. Right. To the point where we could almost say, like, start counting by weeks at this point. But the yeah. stuff that we are getting is at such a high tier of quality that it is making me incredibly excited. <laughs> yeah. Like... I cannot wait to be destroyed by this. Same. Especially since it is something that... One is getting such, like, mass general attention. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I've wanted from Kristen's work for such a long time. Yeah. What she deserves. It is. I completely agree. I think that it was something that I had hoped with Charlie's Angels. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, <laughs> and that obviously didn't work. But this feels like a really good mix of, like, Obviously, it's the Royals. That's, like, an easy audience. Yeah, there. for sure. Mm-hmm. And then it's, from what we're seeing anyways, it's at such a good quality that it's going to get the, like, cinema folks right. as well. So I'm curious. Um, it would be nice to have her plus Anna and I guess Romy, um, <laughs> even though it's for Bohemian Rhapsody, to um, be nominated for the Oscars. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that would be wild. That way we can, we would be able to talk about the Oscars on here, which would be weird. Oscars episode, (laughs) special Oscars recap. (laughs) I know, weird stuff. When we last spoke, and we're talking about Vampire Academy, we were also talking about the Royals. Yes, different kind of Royals. Different kind of Royals. But I would argue a similar kind of angry Royals. Yes, yeah. A similar kind of a disdain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, if I remember what you said correctly, the Vampire Academy queen, quote, bodied Lissa. Yes. With, with her very cruel words. Yeah. With her um, verbal slap in the face. Yeah. There was also... Just lots a series of, of traumas. Yes, just lots of traumas. Um, including, but not limited to... Rabbits and rumors. Yes. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, and not the Lindsay Lohan album. I, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, oh, I guess it'd be a couple years late, but. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Maybe things are In a couple hearts, years late. If we take in any note from Stephanie Meyer's musical annotations, you know, you can do it. Oh my <laughs> God. I need the soundtrack for this immediately. Rochelle. Oh my God. Yeah. Rochelle, please give, it to me. give the people what they want. <laughs> I definitely feel like Rose would be the kind of person that would listen to rumors. Oh, sure. Yeah. It would have been, I guess, if I'm thinking about, like, actual time period, Mm -hmm. that would have been, like, when they first started the Vampire Academy. Yeah. So, like, before they left the first time. Sure. It's probably when rumors I never would have expected (laughs) in my life that we would have been talking about this 
album because I haven't the listened hit album, to it. Rumors. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to it since I was in like elementary school, I guess. But that seems about right for Rose and her like angst and like oh yeah, fuck the man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Maybe what it, what incited her and Lisa to leave. You know, honestly, conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, I believe that one hundred percent. Why don't you pick us up where we left off? Absolutely. We start chapter 13, and I would say with another musical reference, at least that I got internally while reading this, um, which is M.I.A.'s Bad Girls. (laughs) Okay, yeah, same. (laughs) Because Lissa is, as we saw kind of from the last chapter, is really honing in on her bad girl moment right now. Yes. kind of reckless abandon. She is using compulsion a lot more than she used to. In order to, like, get back with Maroi after being, as I eloquently said, totally bodied by (laughs) the queen um, and everyone thinking she's, you know, not great. Yeah, and there's definitely, like, this definitely won't break bad for them. No, there's, I can only see this going well, you know. (laughs) It seems like this is a very good plan. Um, And we see that, like, Rose is very hesitant about this whole thing because it also drains a lot of Liz's energy and it's like, you know takes a lot of power for her to do that, and she's already, you know, stressed and traumatized as it is. Lissa just has got fucking nothing to lose at this yeah. point. So she's, like, trying to, like, go to all these people like Camille. You know, folks, Camille, the one Your that we fa- talked about so much. Your favorite the last character, series. Camille. We get a lot of talk with her um, <laughs> about her sort of being, like, that stuff with Jesse and everything, and the things that Ralph was saying are, like, totally bullshit right like that's so weird that anyone would believe that and they're just like yes absolutely Lisa, of course for sure (laughs) and she's trying to like get in with them and being like hey we should be i don't know why we stopped being friends we should like you should invite me to hang out with you to study (laughs) same Lisa. i was also (laughs) like this as a kid (laughs) and they're like yeah absolutely for sure there's no other forces at work here absolutely we'll do that and she's like yeah see ya So I have a question for all of y'all that read this back in 2006. When Lissa is doing her compulsion to Camille, as everyone knows, Camille, we talked about her a lot. We love her. (laughs) It definitely didn't just pop up in this fucking chapter. Lissa is staring at Camille. There's two ways that I imagine this in my head. One is very, like, Edward Cullen, like, fucking dazzling. Yes. Um, the other is, I think it's from the Jungle Book when the snake does the like. Oh yeah, <laughs> like an entrancing yeah you know, hypnosis. When Christian later comes up and like calls Lisa on her shit, it doesn't seem like she's being subtle at all about this. No. And so I'm just imagining like something that's incredibly overt. Yeah, because what it seems like to me throughout this is that she's just giving very intense eye contact. Yes. And in some instances, I think in the the later chapter, like, from across the room, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, incredibly overt. Something that would be very easy to spot. Right. And, like, Christian, as you said, like, pops up and is like, hey, what the fuck, dude? Like, I I called you out on this before. Like, I know you're not, like, super hot on me right now because fucking I got yelled at by Rose for (laughs) trying to hang out with you. someone on fire. Like, whatever, get over. That was, like, a week ago. Relax, okay? (laughs) I'm different now. But they had this very, like, tense interaction. Yeah. And if there were any teachers doing their fucking job, they would notice if there's a kid, a teenager, excuse me, Staring intently at another person being like, hey, Camille, 
So Rose didn't have sex with Jesse. She didn't let him feed her. And by the way, I only fed off of Rose um, because we didn't have any feeders. It's not like we had sex. It's where it's not gay. It's not gay or anything. All right. Okay? Camille. It's no big deal. Get it through your head. All right? Also, we're Excuse best friends. Excuse me. <laughs> Famously. Also, <laughs> we're best friends. So, hello. Like, yeah, hello. It is very not subtle. You have to use compulsion for that, Lissa? Yeah, seriously. And especially, too, that, like, the way we get, we get some of, like, Lissa's backstory with these people, too, about, like, all it took, really, was them to, like, her to, like, do this compulsion thing and be like, hey, remember when we were, like, besties before I left? Like, what happened? We're, we're so good. We're friends. We're Maroi. We're royals or whatever. Like, we're fun. Right. And it's like, how flimsy were these relationships <laughs> to, to begin with? incredibly. Incredibly so. But, yeah, we get this interaction between uh, Christian and Lissa. And it's very, very tense, very, very terse, uh, because Christian's still being like, uh, I don't know how you think about me anymore, and I, I just want to... So he's gone full aggro on the opposite <laughs> side. He's being like... They're just, like, yelling at each other and being like, oh, are you compulsing me that you're actually, like, a two-faced bitch or whatever? It's like, whoa, Christian. This dude has no chill. He has no fucking chill. And, like, like Lissa's obviously upset, and Christian is still obviously has feelings for her, but because of Rose's, like, interaction, and, like, I don't even think Lissa knows that he even tried to, like, actually talk to her after that terrible ball situation or whatever, that there's still, like, a rift, you know? And Rose is kind of, like, square in the middle of that. Yeah, and why would they communicate that? No, that is... That's <laughs> so instead, too easy. No. <laughs> they're just being incredibly... I wouldn't even say passive-aggressive. They're just being fucking aggressive. Straight-up aggressive. Like, the textbook aggressive. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough stuff. Yeah, and then Rose is like, all right, I guess I'm out of here. Um, I'm gonna go train with my boy. Dimitri, gonna do some sexy training. <laughs> this is wild. Incredibly wild. So we get more of this, like, montage moment. She's making progress, but still, like, every time she hits Dimitri, it, like, it's almost like, um, what's that law of physics <laughs> where it hits you back harder, you know? <laughs> hey, I, listen, I know that I have mentioned before many times that I am a woman of STEM, <laughs> but I, like, disassociated through most of physics. Because Dimitri is, like, this literal rock god, dude, Rose is hitting him, and she's getting hits, which is better than what was before. 100%. Was, like, not to be able to land anything. It just, like, hurts her back. It's fucked, too, because she's in, like, X Games mode. She's, like, she mentioning that she's fighting with, quote, an almost blind rage. Yeah, because she's like, I don't even know who I'm hitting. Am I hitting Mia? Am I hitting Jesse? Am I hitting Ralph? I'm hitting all of them. I don't give a fuck. And she's going, bam, 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 to fucking poor Dimitri. <laughs> Not poor Dimitri. He's just taking it. But he's just, like, full punching back moment right here. Which, naturally, because she's absorbing all of it as well, Dimitri's fine and is like, we should probably, like, chill. Yeah, but- we should... <laughs> We should have, like, a little sexy moment of backstory. We should do backstory time. The problem is, bless this guy's heart, I don't know how much actual teaching that he received on how to be a mentor, um, because it took him until after the training that he was like, hey, where are your gloves? We were just smacking hands for an un an unknown amount of time. And also she says her hands have suffered for weeks. Weeks! So clearly she hasn't been having gloves on for most of this. Which is upsetting. Yeah, it's not good. We get a little backstory. Rose gets a little 
self-conscious because she's like, I'm turning into Alberta and I'm turning into like a female guardian that's going to be like haggard and ugly and like not desirable anymore, which, you know, comes from a very internalized place. Absolutely. And yeah, of beauty standards and whatever. And then we get this moment of Demetra being like, no, that would never happen to you. And like tries to find the words to describe that without being like, hey, this might be like an ethical violation here to call you attractive. Yeah, because you're a minor. Because you're a minor, and I am the ungodly age of 24. <laughs> yeah, because I'm old as bones, right? Yeah, I am the crypt keeper. Um, and so he just says nothing. And it just, you know, leaves that a little unresolved for, for Rose a little bit. Because Rose, in her mind, is going like, oh, God is like, unbearably, scorchingly sexy. Obviously, right. is what he was thinking. Because um, that's me. Dimitri talks a lot about his mom. So we get a lot of mommy issues on both fronts here. Yeah. And a lot of parent issues on on Rose's behalf in general. This scene yeah. was hot. Not the mom issues, because like it's no. obvious that both of them have this. Okay, um, yeah, but talk about sexy trauma dumping, am I right? Oh <laughs> my god, trauma bonds, what's up? Hello. Talk about a different kind of bond, wink. <laughs> what is, though, is that he's like, god damn it, Rose, your fucking hands. And then, yeah. just like, I can take care of myself. Shut up. And then yeah. he's like, no, I got this. So he, like, cleans his, her open wounds and then finds what I'm assuming is, like, Vaseline. Because it'd be wild if he had, like, Tiger Balm and put that on her hands. Because <laughs> that would be incredibly painful. Yeah. And he just starts, like, massaging her hands. And, like, oh, my God. Hello. <laughs> I did not realize... If y'all, if you've ever gotten your hands massaged, especially I would imagine because the fact that she's like using these every day yeah. and like her hands are probably like really hurt. Um, but that's such a like soft and yes. sweet thing to do. It's very hard to sit in that moment when it's, um, there is an age gap between these two. Yeah, sure. But I'm supposed to just like ignore that because it's Rochelle and like they're going to fucking fuck anyways. Right. <laughs> um, and I know that's going to happen. But I did think that like more than most things here, it's a, I don't know, I, it was something that was completely caught me off guard because it doesn't seem yeah. like a Dimitri thing to do, which is It was a much more intimate expression of emotions than we've ever I seen agree. thus far. And like they talk about their families and like how Rose hasn't seen her mom in forever basically because she wanted her to like go on the guardian path and like really hone in on her studies and like you know not be interfered by whatever and then she never knew her dad we get a lot of parent issues here and for real dimitri's like it's just like a lot of strenuous stuff he lived like a hampir commune I, he mostly seemed to be surrounded by women yeah. as a child mm-hmm. um not just because of the commune but because of the fact that he was with his he grew up with his mom and his two sisters which yeah doesn't surprise me but a lot of the backstory around dimitri i found gross <laughs> um, yeah it's quite bad uh, not only because the fact that rochelle uses the terminology i'm i understand i think what she's trying to go for of the like discrimination of mm-hmm. hampier women of using quote blood whore yeah it's just i don't like it <laughs> don't love reading it i uh, don't love every reading couple it. of pages yeah <laughs> and the way that it's described here especially the way that dimitri refers to his mom like that yeah is 
like grow like <laughs> yeah. the way that it's often been used so far is referencing it and then like condemning the use of that discrimination right. and so for Demetri to be like yeah like I grew up with my mom it's not as bad as you think also I'm still gonna say that about my mom right. it's like, also that's I have no other language for this so I will just say it instead of adopting anything else <laughs> to and, talk yeah about my mother anything else which is so gross because he like um, also talks about like you know like like abuse stuff that goes on, that went on yeah. there and stuff and how that was terrible and how he wanted to like fucking beat up his dad and shit and it's like how are you still like coming from that point of reference and also using this like terrible language that is incredibly out of date and like just offensive regardless of association whatever like bro this your mom like come on and it's very clear that like <sighs> It's supposed to be part of Dimitri's character that mm-hmm. this is a an injustice he feels very strongly about, yeah. not just because of how he grew up, but is something that seems to be part of just his character. Like he doesn't agree with it. Yeah. Um, which is why Rose later kind of connects the dots of like the situation that happened with Jesse, why he mm. broke that up and like why he was so upset about it. Right. So it was like, and so oh, it's, I've seen this before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it just seems counter to be like, there has to be another terminology for referencing like the situation that your mom seems to be like put into. Right. Yeah. Um, like, cause he says the commune, even though, like, it wasn't, he says, like, it's not as bad as you think. Like, I actually had, like, a, and Rose got super bitter about that of, like, um, <laughs> saying, like, he had a better, like, relationship with his family than she did. Yeah. Even though it was, like, in the, um, what's considered to be, like, the lowest ring of right. family relations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just, it felt like a weird juxtaposition. Like, I, it didn't make sense in that yeah. moment. Yeah, absolutely. Which was weird. This Anyways. chapter ends with a weird hair moment, <laughs> if we can call it that. Yeah. Giving off very strong, your hair looks sexy pushed back moment. Literally. Uh, <laughs> they're talking about Rose's hair, I guess. Um, and the, I guess a, a common thing with uh, hamp- or guardians specifically is that you have your hair short to like show off the tattoo on the back of your neck to like showcase your ranks and your status and whatever. And she's like, well, that's kind of the whole thing. But he's like wait it's kind of sexy uh i do like your hair um you should just wear it up like in a ponytail and just solve all the problems rose is having this entire crisis about her identity specifically her femininity in this chapter and dimitri comes on in and his his only responses are no you you're still you're still sexy you're still like hot don't worry yeah, about he's it. He's literally doing the, no, babe, you're so sexy. Don't cut your hair. <laughs> babe. Like, it's not helping at all. No. Um, and I think that it naturally, I think it makes sense with Rose's character, especially given that, like, the hampier women that become guardians, as we've yeah. seen thus far, um, mm-hmm. understandably, um, kind of have to put traditional ideas of femininity on the back burner because they have to like that is not the primary focus of their life (laughs) right um they have people's lives to take care of um Mm -hmm. but that's something that like rose 
at least to her has is the only thing she has going for her yeah and so (laughs) Demetri's only response in this chapter is like no you won't lose this it's impossible don't worry about it you're gonna be sexy forever baby (laughs) (laughs) don't even worry about it it's like very helpful very wise words Demetri thank you so much so eloquent (laughs) (laughs) anyways chapter 14 we start with rose is back on the spying situation oh yeah with lissa I don't think she really ever stopped. Um, I don't but think she stopped. She just started no. to, like, figure out how to continue meditating. Right, yeah. She just was able to take a chill pill for a second. I was like, all right, let me just stay centered and check in on my girly and see what's up. Because that's um, how she was able to figure out about Liz, uh, Lissa doing the compulsion. Right. With Camille. With. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so we get this little moment of, of Lissa and Natalie in their dorm, just doing girl talk, you know, blow drying their hair, girl things. doing their makeup, you know, just girly things. Um, and and uh, Natalie is like, oh, hey, you want to, like, come watch a movie with Aaron and I, like, after school? Like, it'll be fun. We haven't, like, it's seen you in a Cars. while. It's called I've heard it's pretty good. I <laughs> heard of my man, Lightning McQueen. He's very cool. Um, it's you know, 2006. That would have been coming like, out, right? <laughs> Uh, yes. I don't know when. I think so. 2005, 2006? I feel like that would have been. Good to Google Cars release date on the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I am. 2006, I was right on the fucking money. Wow. All right. Let's, we're going to Vegas after this is what that is. Um, <laughs> life but, is uh, a highway. Life is a highway. And then Liz is like, hey, man, I would love to. But as I said, life is a highway and I do have to hang out with my new bestie, Camille. <laughs> Um, we have to, like, bleach our hair. So. Yeah, we got to do some more girly things out there. And Natalie's like, hey, I haven't, we haven't seen you in so long. Are you good? Like, you have all these new old friends uh, recently, which is kind of odd. Um, and Lissa can kind of pick up on the fact that she's questioning her, which makes her defensive. And she's like, you know what? Um, instead of just doing compulsion, I'm just going to, you know, just do a little middle ground here and do both. And just make keep my friendships here and also have these new such old compulsion relationships. It's very interesting. I mean, one, I think it's important for Alyssa (laughs) to make sure that Natalie doesn't talk. Yes, Um, right. Because... Snitches get stitches, as we all know. (laughs) Exactly. Um, The other thing that I started to wonder, both in chapter 13 as well as in this chapter as well, is mm-hmm. when Rose, like, goes into her meditation space and listens... Her mind palace? Her mind... Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, fuck. Uh, God, I haven't thought of those words in so long. Um, when she goes into her mind palace to tap into Lissa, um, do you think it's a lot like uh, fucking Edward's powers? Oh, shit. Like, do, you, do you think yeah. it's like, but rather than like hearing, because he would have to like hear everyone and find, right. like tune into one person's radio. Yeah. Whereas at least for right now, I'm assuming, this is my personal theory, is that mm-hmm. Rochelle is going to have Rose like expand her power because like we have six And be bo- able books. to like, like, yeah, have What else bonds? are we going to yeah. talk about? Um, right. But right now she's only has one radio to tune into. Right. Yeah, right? I genuinely don't remember, so I have no clue. But that does make 
sense, you know. And from what we've seen with how this bond originated, like, it obviously comes from some sort of trauma experience, right? So, like, hypothetically, that could exist with other relationships with people, you know? Yeah. Very interesting. Interesting. Um, Anyways, church time. Oh, we're back at church, baby. (laughs) This is, um, Lissa is getting a little too cocky. Yeah. Homegirl needs to, like, know when to pop the brakes a little bit with the compulsion. Because, A, she's already doing it in, like, you know, not broad daylight because it's nighttime because they're vampires. But, like, in school times and, like, where people are around and other people can see them, you know. She's the only one out of the group of characters that we have so far, aside from the fucking priest, that takes church time seriously. Right. So, like, And yet, here she is being, like, I'm going to use my powers that could at best get me like suspended or whatever yeah at worst get me killed yeah experimented on like i don't know a Um, long list of bad things exactly and yet this woman this child is like uh you look wrong you did a wrong face yeah. at my... You're laughing at Rose, my At wife. my best friend. <laughs> at my... my babe. Super straight friend. Yeah. Die. How dare you. <laughs> like, hello? And especially, too, because Rose doesn't care about this shit. Rose is not on the surface, right? Because Rose is fucking badass, and she's like, whatever. People have been talking shit about her for days now, about all these rumors and shit, which she knows isn't true. Yeah. And she's like, I don't need you to, like fight for me or whatever i don't need you to send these boys to like come clamoring at me and apologizing and crying and like on their knees and stuff she's like very uncomfortable with that right and she's like listen you don't have to you don't have to do any of this at all especially the thing that rose has tried to make it very clear so far is that like lissa's powers are like special and important because she can do it on a type of person that apparently no one has been able to do it on before. Right, like but she can do it on Maroi, she can do it now, it seems, on multiple people at once yeah. in public and from a distance. So it's like these things are like accelerating uh, And I don't know if powers. it's because of more practice, but the fact that now, what she didn't think was possible, she can do this on multiple people successfully mm-hmm. from far away and in public is buck wild. Yeah, yeah. And so, sets off little alarms in Rose's brain. Like, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Um, and I don't know. That's obviously not good. Um, but also, more importantly, I would say, is the fact that this priest is seemingly is doing like a month-long special on St. <laughs> Vladimir. It's the St. Vladimir month, I think. Like, uh, yeah. this, is, this is his month, and he's like, my boy, St. Vladimir, I got so many things about him that I want to talk to you about. Every time you're at church, I'm going to talk about my boy. Where he's finding this stuff, I don't know, because Rose can't find any information on him. Right, um, yeah. So he, he goes on this whole spiel about St. Vladimir, whatever, whatever. Um, and still, like, Rose is trying to, like, think of ways to, like, further understand the the blood, the shadow kissed situation, which is, Uh, like, kind of the bond moment. And she's like, hey, it looks like Vladimir kind of had a a similar healing power that Lissa does, which is interesting. And she's like, all right, put that in my back pocket. 
Just going to save that for a bit. I also love the fact, too, that she, like, after church, does not immediately go to the library. She just goes to the computer and sends uh, her bitch boy, Mason, off to the library to read some books. (laughs) She's like, I'm just going to try the old-fashioned Google, see if that works. Obviously does not turn up with anything. No. Uh, Mason's also shit out of luck in terms of the library. And she realized, like, oh, uh, when Christian and Lissa were talking in the church, he had a whole stash of St. Vladimir's personal writings, primary sources from the man himself. Which she knows now because Mason explained the difference between primary and secondary Right, sources. now that she knows what source, different sources are, she now is like, aha, I got it. <laughs> right. But before that, <laughs> we get some very intense fighting going on This was here. literally so unnecessary. For why? I don't know. I don't know. The whole bit of Mason seems... It pisses me off because I yeah. don't understand it. Um, he seems like a waste of a character. Yeah. Because he wants Rose so badly. He, he's down bad. So down bad. So much so that in this scene is willing to like fight two other guys for her honor to, for her honor yeah <laughs> um and she's like cool 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 um i do have an errand for you to do though so uh, if you could do that that'd be great um, it's in a little message to my man christian he's a little mad at me and he's like the what the fuck <laughs> i just like i that's it that's all you want um it's, it's very confusing. I don't know what his role in this is going to be. Like, if he's going to end up being a bad in that, like, he's working for the the bad team. Or if he's right. going to become, like, a Strigoroni. What are they called? <laughs> Strigoi. Yes, thank you. That's the Italian noodle version of Strigoi. It's Strigoroni. It's the, the pasta remix. edition. Yeah, um, the remix. I don't know what his point is, but it's just, like... I, what I fear is that he's going to be like, I was a nice guy, and then, like, right. you didn't like me, and so now I'm going nice to kill you. Like, yeah. it's just like, Ugh. I don't need this in my books. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. like, I appreciate it, but no. <laughs> thank you, but I'm it. good, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's like, hey, send a, a message to my man, Christian Ozera, and say... I'm sorry that I yelled at him. Um, and also get me those fucking files or I'm gonna fucking torch his ass. <laughs> yeah. For the whole school. <laughs> yeah, tell him I'm sorry for about an hour, but if he doesn't get those to me, I'm not sorry anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I will retract that immediately. We will find out if that actually works. Um yeah. next week when we continue on uh with chapters fifteen and sixteen. Nice. The really weird thing I found when reading books that are not 700 pages is that we are 60% of the way through this. Wow. What a refreshing change. (laughs) What a nice change to read a book that is 300 pages. Hmm, Maybe some prolific authors can take note from this. I can't think of any off the top of my dome, but I think, you know... Because what that work. means is that this series that's, like, six books is really, like, a Stephanie Meyer three. Right. It's a <laughs> Stephanie so, Meyer trilogy. <laughs> um, which is a lot easier to, like, conceptualize, which is yeah. nice. We have some fantastic patrons to thank. Would you like to start us off? Absolutely. Thank you to Mallory Hardwick. Beep, 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 beep. Thank you to Katie Black. 
Thank you to Kylie Minty. Thank you to Alex Dornan. Shout out Carrie Goldberg. Thank you to Mickey Meyer. Thank you to Rebecca Cullen. Thank you to Mulch Gray. Mulch. Thank you to Taylor Brown Town Lautner. Thank you to Jasmine Anastasia. Thank you to Bailey Christian. Thank you to Cassandra Bomer. Ooh. Thank you to Kristen Strider. Thank you to Julia Stewart. Ooh, ooh. Thank you to Megan Pattinson. Thank you to Cassandra O'Shea. Ooh, yeah. Thank you to Rachel Seeker. Thank you to Ashley Dragomir. Thank you to Alexandra Ozera. Oh, 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 oh. Thank you to Maddie Facinelli. Thank you to Genevieve Morgan. Thank you to my mom, your mom, our mom, Kelly Beck. Mom. Thank you to Sophia Salinger. Thank you to India Peach. Thank you to Laura Forty. And last, but certainly not least, thank you to Abby Penn. So, I picked out a fan fiction. <gasps> Two weeks in a row? I know. What's going Tell on? Me about it. <laughs> I picked out this fan fiction for a few reasons. One, because <laughs> of the art that is included on it. Okay. So, at this time, you should see the title of this piece is called oh. Not a Colon. <laughs> It's called Not a Colon. Oh my god. Um, and could you describe the art that you are seeing for this <laughs> fanfiction? This is just your classic, very cool skater girl with a longboard and snapback facing away, holding the skateboard. With just the most beautiful font selection uh, <laughs> yeah. for Not a Colon. I love it. I'm obsessed. Also, it says it's been read 1.2 million times, which scares me. Yes, it has been read 1.2 million times. Um, I did venture into Wattpad for this, which, as I've mentioned before, I don't know how to use, and it does scare me quite a bit, but that's okay. <laughs> right. So this is not a colon. It was written by the user Wings for Life. Um, <laughs> it says, did you know Renezme had a sister? No, I'm not surprised. I'm Alyssa, the eldest twin. I got kicked out after I had a... <clears throat> tantrum 
But then I met the fun Salvatore brothers. <laughs> but soon enough, there's trouble. Oh, man. I think it's either Alyssa or it's Elisa. I don't Ooh. I literally don't know. The last time that this was updated was December 31st of 2019. And there is Great. so much. There's so there's so much of this. Um, but I'm going to be reading from the first chapter, which is titled Kicked Out Because of a Tantrum. <laughs> Mom and Dad don't like me for some reason. <laughs> I don't get it. So what <laughs> if I didn't really look like either of them? I had old gold <laughs> blonde hair and stormy gray eyes. The only thing I had similar was my pale skin because that makes such a difference. It was just hair and eyes, but they seemed to think I was a freak kid they picked up from the jungle of an alien planet. That's what I think, at least. Oh, and I seem to be like a different vampire. The sun doesn't do anything to me. No burning and no sparkling. Awesomeness, in my opinion. And when I get angry or really thirsty, my eyes darken and veins appear under my eyes, giving me a demon look. For powers, I can get anyone to do anything I want and sometimes can read minds, but that happens very rarely and only if I drink a bunch of blood. Carlisle gives me that disgusting animal stuff, but sometimes I sneak into the room where they kept blood for, quote, mommy when she was preggers and get the good stuff. I always feel stronger after I drink of human. End scene. Wow. It seems very popular. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of, there's a very strong character voice. Yes. Um, but I will say that the the art was definitely what caught my attention in this piece. Yeah. I, I'm obsessed with it. Um, oh. And, and with that. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and with that, I think, um, I think that's our time, folks. So, <laughs> um, as we say here in the Pacific Northwest. Get bit. <laughs> and get whipped. Oh my god. Into the Twilight is an earbud media production. You can follow us on Twitter at Into the Twilight or on TikTok at Into the Twilight Show. You can find me at Cody Corral on Twitter and Allie at Alexandria Does. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash into the twilight. We have merch, so much stuff. All those links are in the episode description. And make sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast hosting platform. It really helps the show. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.